0: Friends, I'm Danielle
1: and I'm Christopher and we're the Friends Who Feast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite places, Olive Garden.
0: It's very, very near and dear to our hearts. We can't wait for you guys to hear, um, but I can't wait for you to hear about this topic, Christopher. I'm excited. My table talk topic for today is going to be Benefer. We're going to go on a trip back in time, back until the early 2000s. And kind of cover the timeline of their relationship. I'm very excited for you to um, hear my presentation, my TED Talk about them.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. So, Danielle, we have such a storied history with Olive Garden. I feel like that's where our friendship has really blossomed. We've been to Olive Garden together many, many times. So I have a couple questions for you. Obviously, I know you like Olive Garden, right? And we're going to discuss it a little bit more. But do you actually consider Olive Garden like real Italian, when you think of Italian food?
0: Yes and no. I mean, I feel like Italian-inspired okay. type of thing. I mean, I wouldn't go there. If someone were to say, I'm going to take you for some of the best Italian food you've ever had. And You're not pull- thinking we're going to Olive Garden. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be <laughs> expecting the vehicle to pull up to Olive Garden. Right. But sometimes it just kind of scratches that itch. It's like affordable italian food to me which is funny for me to say now as an adult because when i was younger that was like a fancy place
1: so i i I totally agree like when i was younger it was like i always imagined olive garden to be super fancy we went there very rarely Mm -hmm. i always imagined it as like italian like that was the only like legit italian restaurant on earth i'd never been to the mom and pop like really good kind of like hole-in-the-wall italian places even the other really fancy ones around here olive garden was always like it yeah. for me. But now as I've gotten older, you're right. It It's its its own thing. Kind of like I always equate it to like Taco Bell. I don't think like, oh, I really want Mexican food. I'm going to go to Taco Bell. It's its own thing. It hits the spot when I have the craving for it. But yeah, our friendship just really, we have so many awesome stories from Olive Garden. What are some of your favorites from the times we've been?
0: Okay, so let's start off with like, how many times do you think we've been there together? About almost 10?
1: Ooh. I'd say about
0: 10. Almost 10 times? Yeah,
1: probably around, around 10. I would uh, I would put it maybe between like 8 to 10.
0: And I know that might not sound <laughs> like a lot to you guys listening, but we have to remember, we really couldn't do any dining for about, what, 12 to 18 months That's comfortably right, or pandemic. so? And then for me, you know, I was recovering from a foot surgery, so that put me out for a bit. Because we would go about twice a year together, right? Yep. For some of the special events, like the never-ending pasta we'd go, um, what was the other pasta special?
1: Like, I, I the, know, like, the Pasta Pass. The, big, like the pasta. big Pasta. Yeah,
0: which is <laughs> such a funny name. Yep. And for some of you guys who aren't familiar with what the Big Pasta was, it was honestly just what the name implied. Huge pasta. It was like, oh, you, you like chicken parmesan? Well, I'm going to give you a piece of chicken parmesan so big, your brain isn't going to comprehend how this came from real, a real chicken.
1: It was like the size of my head on that it plate. It was
0: honestly, yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember we got the stuffed shells, too, and they mm-hmm. were huge. Those were really good. That's what I remember, I think, from that trip was those stuffed shells.
0: It kind of defied all logic.
1: Yeah, I didn't think I was going to like them.
0: No, but, yeah. but it was very good. So, yeah, I'm going to have to say whenever it's one of those special events where it feels okay. like the perfect moment of time, like, you know, the never-ending pasta, 2017, we were there.
1: We were there. And so aside from we'll, – we'll touch on this again in a moment, but – Aside from the specials, like the pasta passes and the big pastas. What the is classics. Your, right. <laughs> yeah. well, what is your, because we've had those a lot, but like we've also gone when those weren't going on. Mm-hmm. What are your go-tos at Olive Garden?
0: All right. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but it has to be the tour of Italy. Now,
1: I love a tour of Italy. It's
0: good. It used to be so much better. I want to say like even like a decade ago. It's gone downhill for sure. But I like having that choice of, do I want a piece of chicken Parmesan? Do I want some fettuccine Alfredo? Or do I want this sloppy piece of lasagna? Do I want to make that perfect bite somehow? And I kind of feel like you're guaranteed leftovers with that, depending on when you go. Sometimes I'm really hungry and amaze myself by how much I can polish off that plate. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'd say the tour of Italy. So what about you? You know, I'm I'm
1: right there with you on a tour of Italy I feel like you're right. It's like different options. I like that I can eat. Like, I don't like meals that are just one thing. And every single bite after every single bite is the same thing, right? So I do like that we have the lasagna. I like, you know, the Alfredo sauce. There's the two sauces going on. But when I'm not getting a tour of Italy, I think my go-to was always, it's not on the menu anymore. Okay. But I'm bringing it, you know, from back in my memory. But the stuffed chicken marsala, I think I got that. Every time I went when that was on the menu.
0: Okay, so that wasn't like a special, like that was a nope. staple on the menu. That was
1: a staple, at least for, obviously it wasn't a staple to everybody because they removed it from the menu, but it was definitely a staple for me. It was basically their their current chicken marsala, which I had recently and it was pretty good, but I love cheese. And so it was stuffed with cheese, sun-dried tomatoes, and they also serve mashed potatoes with it. And Danielle, you know, <laughs> I've never met a potato I didn't like. I love me some mashed potatoes, like all different varieties. Hash browns, yes. You, I love you would drive, you, you
0: told us you drove to McDonald's to get a hash brown. Yes. Yeah, specifically that for the hash yeah. brown. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, and that was like, you know, kind of weird because it didn't, now I think the regular marsala come, comes with um, fettuccine alfredo, which was good too, but like it just didn't hit the same spot. But that was always my go to. So now I feel like because that's gone, it would also be a tour of Italy just because I like that variation of the flavors.
0: See, I have a something that's a bit controversial to ask you.
1: Ooh, I'm ready. Because you,
0: you mentioned, you know, some of the sauce that came with some of the dishes. Now, part of the appeal for me with all that sauciness were those delicious breadsticks that you use to kind of sop up the rest of your soup, the sauce. But the last few times we've went, I have not been a fan of those breadsticks. And I really? want this on record. Yes. I want this on record. They <laughs> Are you listening to I'm me? I'm listening. Okay. They just don't taste... Like they are made with love.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, now that you mention it, the last time we went, which was a disaster.
0: last week. Yeah. <laughs> literally too. last yeah. week, it was
1: a total disaster. We'll we'll get into that maybe later. But those breadsticks, I remember we only got three, first of all. So I was already kind of disappointed. But they tasted a little bit stale. Like I feel like their breadsticks, when they're fresh, I'm all about them. Mm-hmm. But as soon as like maybe 10 minutes goes
0: by... And they're wrapped and they're, up they're in that, that little lost. blanket, yeah. yeah. Well, and another thing too, I'm going to be saying things, and people are going to say like, "Why is that even an issue?" But <laughs> there are only three breadsticks presented to us, and yes. that was a little bit low. Usually, it's about five. Yeah, five come.
1: So. With the meal, I mm-hmm. always get the chicken and gnocchi soup. You know that. You like to mix it up a little bit. I think yeah. last time you got the
0: the pasta. The chili one.
1: The chili one. The pasta, pasta fijo. <laughs> I, uh, I think. Italians are just like cursing yeah. us right now. Um <laughs> but I, I am I'm skeptical of trying different the different soups. Not that they don't look good, they smell great. I just I love me some chicken and gnocchi, and I can never pass it up. So I love to dip my breadsticks in there. I usually eat one breadstick with my soup. And then once the meal comes out, and usually, like, maybe get some, like, dipping sauces, like, you know, with them, like, part of the appetizer, which, again, sore spot for us, because the last time we went, the lady completely forgot our dipping sauce.
0: She blamed it on the automated tabletop uh, screen that a lot of these places have now. So we were very disappointed that we didn't have any dipping sauce for our three breadsticks. Yeah.
1: Didn't she say the little, like the computer doesn't tell her what people ordered if they use it?
0: Which made no sense to me. I think she was just trying to Because we got our her actual own, yeah.
1: appetizer. Yeah, right. that we
0: ordered from the same machine in the same order with the sauce. Right. But it's kind of a blessing in disguise that we didn't get that sauce because... We only had three breadsticks that whole night. Yeah. So I would, I mean, I
1: would, I would have slammed down one with my soup. Yeah. I might have nibbled on one with some of that sauce and then I wouldn't have had any for my meal. I love their breadsticks. And we've also had really good experiences too. Remember that one time we went where we, I, I, I don't even remember what we got, but. The lady came back out with a uh, packaged up fresh soup, ready for us to send us. Yeah, Sent us home with like a whole like whole thing of bread, like not just three or four breadsticks. It was six or seven for
0: each of us. Yeah, because she knew we weren't going to the same place. Right. She knew she knew we weren't going to the same right. house that night.
1: Well, no. she was one of the few because a lot of times I feel like they think we're together,
0: which I like.
1: <laughs> which I like too. I
0: mean, it makes me feel like a little bit of a thrill. Yeah. Maybe because we're always like holding hands and giggling,
1: right? <laughs> me and me and Danielle have this habit of every time we get really excited, we reach across the table and hold hands,
0: and we're doing it right now too. <laughs>
1: And then giggle like this. Yeah,
0: the pandemic was very hard for us it because was. <laughs> you can't really do that. But was this the same waitress? Now, please refresh my memory. That just left the cheese grater <laughs> yes. for us on the table. I think so. A superstar.
1: Yeah, she shares a name with my mom, which was kind of awkward when I think about it. But yeah, she. I lo- As I said, I love cheese. I am a cheese fiend. I everywhere I go, it's always extra cheese or like whatever. So when they come to the table and they're like, "Tell me when mm-hmm. to stop," I usually don't say when for a minute, <laughs> not a whole minute, but I it's,
0: mean, it's, it's like pretty a, close, yeah, ten to twelve <laughs> seconds,
1: you know, of like just grating the cheese. And a lot of, and I, I kind of teed her up too. I was like, "I like cheese," and so she was going to town, no end in sight. And so she actually just took the cheese grater and said, "You know what? I'm just going to leave it here yeah, for you.
0: No judgment."
1: Yep, she got a big tip that night.
0: Yes. But I kind of want to circle back to the soup because I think another thing Olive Garden is known for is their um, soup, salad, and breadsticks lunch. Yeah. Now, I think it's still about $7.99, $8.99, which I think is a great deal. But how often do you or did you go to Olive Garden for the, that type of special? So, Danielle. <laughs> oh, tell me. Yeah. I have
1: never been. <gasps> so I've been to Olive Garden for lunch. Yes. But I have never been specifically... For the soup, salad, and breadsticks. I've never went and sought it out because, listen, here's the okay, thing. Okay, okay. You know me. I am not about to go eat some Olive Garden salad and be satisfied. The soup is great, but I like the soup because I can have one bowl. Sometimes and I soup- have more. But, you know, because, I mean, they, when they ask and I'm feeling it and maybe our food hasn't come soup out yet. And is so good because sometimes it, it
0: tastes more fresh than other times. Right,
1: right. So it, it depends on the time. But more often than not, I'm, I'm enjoying that one... Bowl of soup, a couple of gnocchi in there, right with my breadstick. Big
0: pieces of chicken, and I'm looking
1: forward to the meal that's coming out. But I just feel like if I went to Olive Garden just for soup, salad, and breadsticks, I would I would be full because I can I can eat. But <laughs> but I don't know. I just I feel like I would I would want more. I'm not, I've never been like a salad person. I've been getting more into salads. You know, I'm like working on like my health and my weight and everything. Yeah. You know, but. Up until maybe a couple of years ago, I don't think I ever touched a salad.
0: I mean, hey, <laughs> thank you for making that confession to me.
1: I mean, I'm just being brutally honest I mean, and their salad's not really that great.
0: It's okay. Their dressing's okay. I don't go so hype for it like a lot of people do. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's all right. I I used to be a soup, salad, breadstick girl growing up. You know, in high school, I had half-day Fridays. So there's nothing more exhilarating to me on half-day Fridays. Going out to eat some of my friends, and one go-to place was Olive Garden because back then the soup, salad, and breadsticks lunch was only five ninety-nine. Wow! So I'm talking that with a peach Bellini iced tea and a tip, eleven, twelve bucks at the most, which is affordable for like a high school student, like your college student. For sure. So, do you think back then you would have had a different mindset, an appreciation of it, or no way?
1: Probably. But like I said, like I said at the beginning, like, you know, Olive Garden to me was like super fancy. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't going there just, you know, like on a Friday mid-afternoon. Like I was going with my family when we, like, I don't know if this is the same at every Olive Garden location, but listeners... The Olive Garden location near us has, like, this special, like, it's not really a room. It's more of, like, a long table and kind of, like, a cutout of the part of the restaurant. Um And it's, it's a little tight in there, but that's usually <laughs> where, like, you know, the, you have to, like, reserve that table and, like, you're having a big family thing. Oh, yeah. Family. That's usually, like, what it was for me and, like, when I went to Olive Garden. I do remember, though, I did go to Olive Garden. I think it was before home, my senior homecoming. It might have been prom, but that's where... I took both of my dates Oh, for, yeah, I had two dates. And now for- you take me
0: there all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: And um, I think you dubbed us Olive Garden Sweethearts, which I think is the perfect name for us. Yes.
1: I, there's, I mean, there's Olive Garden being one of them, but there's a few places that I just don't go to unless it's with you.
0: And that's one of them. I feel the same way. Because a lot of people in my life do not like Olive Garden. And again, I understand their main thing is... What don't they like about it? It's That's not real Italian. I don't care much like the Taco Bell thing. Again, I'm not going there because I'm craving real Italian. If I want to spend under $20 for mediocre Italian food, I know where to go. And also, unlike other fast food establishments, you can't really get Italian in a fast food manner. Unless you're thinking of like a sabaro in the mall, which I think which, is gross. I don't even
1: know if those exist anymore. Yeah, I, I haven't seen one in years.
0: They don't exist to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I used to, to me. like
1: them, but you're right. I know people that go to Olive Garden and just get like butter noodles. You know, it's like what? super simple. Like, so I don't, I think most people don't really go to Olive Garden with mm-hmm. the expectation of it's going to be, you know, real Italian and like, you know, like everything is, I mean, I don't want to say processed, but like it's the soup's probably coming out of a bag right like you know it's not like it's like homemade like some more like local or you know like even like a carrabba's i feel like is the same it's i don't think carrabba's has the same notoriety but some argue that carrabba's is even a little bit more authentic
0: i i would say that because it's something about their pasta and noodles at carrabba do have a little more of a bite to them okay so christopher i um need your opinion on this topic all right i'm ready does the type of seating you have impact your experience? So I'm talking like a booth, a table, high top table, because a regular table and a high top table are two different things to me. Or like those weird booth table hybrids. Like what are your thoughts on those specifically for Olive Garden? Because for some places, I think it fits a vibe better. But what would you like in Olive you Garden? You don't
1: have to sell me as soon as you ask the question originally. 100%. Yes, it does impact okay. the, the whole experience. To me... I, if I know I'm going to Olive Garden for dinner, like if, if we've planned it, you know, like, oh, let's go to Olive Garden tomorrow night. I usually don't eat the entire day before Olive Garden because I am about to slam down some calories. Okay. When you think about it, though, not because it's like, oh, I eat a lot at once. You know, sometimes I do like because Olive Garden is that kind of place. I feel like I always leave Olive Garden feeling stuffed.
0: And I have food
1: to take home. Kind that
0: of being painful, right? A little bit, yeah.
1: right? So because it's and the reason for that is because they do give you the soup and the breadsticks, and it's just like the whole experience, right? You always, you constantly have something coming, unless it's the experience we had last time where we didn't get half of what we ordered. Mm-hmm. But I digress. The seating definitely impacts it because, I, and you know, I love a, a booth. As I like to be, I. I like to be comfortable because I feel like at a table there's a couple things going on. A I'm not comfortable because I'm sitting on something hard. Like, usually the chairs are, like, harder. I have to, like, scoot in myself. I hate that feeling Adjusting. of scooting it's into a like table. you need to
0: adjust a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I feel very vulnerable. It's always, like, <laughs> I always am put at the tables where I'm always, like, in the middle of, like, the aisle where people are walking. And it's just super uncomfortable. And I just don't like to be around... Like a circle of people around yeah. me. I don't um, like to
0: feel like I'm on display for others when I'm mm. stuffing my face
1: <laughs> right.
0: full of pasta.
1: Um, which I think we had an experience about that because Ugh. it's like we kind of had a combo where the last time we went was a half booth but like also table. And, in the
0: bar area, which yeah. might as well have been the lobby.
1: Yeah, they were busy and we were on the waiting list. And I, as soon as we walked in, we got past the kiosk and we just kept walking toward the bar, brightly lit. It's not the, like the same vibe as mm-hmm. you normally would have at dinner, you know, at Olive Garden. And we're, and it was kind of busy in there and a little bit louder. And it was just a weird experience. But I am definitely a booth person. I love as you know. And you have a habit of always saying, do you want the, like, if, if it's one of those, like, table booth things.
0: Yeah. And
1: you know my answer is always going to be booth. But so, we,
0: we try to do a good job of evening yeah. it out, right? Like, Yeah,
1: I got the booth last time, though.
0: Um, <laughs> you sure did, yep. Uh, and you left me right in that lobby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm, i' I like a booth because I can be more comfortable, it's like padded, I can like you know I feel like I, I can have more, more I have more room to like get myself out of the booth. when yeah. you're standing up from a table it's and you just ate, it's so uncomfortable to me, but I can slip out of that booth and like you know it's, I have a little opposite. I have a little bit more like you know take off
0: <laughs> okay, no, I can appreciate that, but that's why I think where you and I differ. Okay, I love a booth just like you. we love a booth. Um, I think there are many times when they seat us at a table, we say, excuse me, can we have a booth? Yes. I hate getting up from any type of booth, though. I hate the sliding of it. I hate my hair, my chest brushing over the debris on the table. Like, I hate that whole experience of putting like a jacket on in the booth, outside of the booth. Speaking of a precious memory with you at Olive Garden. There was one time I was really holding on to this jacket for dear life. It was to the point where it would zip up. Sometimes the zipper would get off track and it'd be like my shirt would be exposed underneath it. It was very embarrassing. Sometimes the zipper would get stuck and I couldn't put it on properly. And I remember leaving Olive Garden with you and the jacket just busted open, (laughs) but there was no way for me to fix it. And I honestly was so ashamed and just left so fast at the restaurant. And you did not judge me for that. So thank you.
1: Oh, never, never judgment. Because trust me, <laughs> I've had moments like that, too. And I've been there. And you're right. Like, now that you mention it, like the getting up from the booth, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit bigger of a guy, you know, um, I've always been a little huskier. And, you know, it's like, I, I, I definitely have felt that. I, like, I will take that
0: moment of that shame moment yeah. of
1: shame. <laughs> For not feeling that vulnerability the entire time or, you know, and and two like a booth, I feel is like more intimate because, you know, usually with a booth, even if there is like a like a like other side of you, they usually have like a partition between you or there's just a A wall wall there. And when you're at a table, I just feel like, you know, you have the like you're. You're out in the open, like, and, and maybe the table's up against the wall, but still like it just feels more vulnerable. There's not as much going on. You know, I, I kind of can hide in my little cubby in a, in a booth, but that's a good question. I've never really thought about it that deep, but like, as soon as you said it, yeah. I had an answer.
0: Well, you sure did. <laughs> you had a whole TED talk on that. I'm excited. My goodness. But you know, there's one seating that I will never take and that's actually eating at the bar. Absolutely not.
1: It depends for me. I, I don't prefer it. 100% don't prefer it. But I'll take it. If I'm like, if I'm eating a full meal, I don't think I would enjoy that at all. But if I'm just, you know, having a drink and, you know, me and you or just having some apps or something, the thing I don't like about the bar is I'm facing the bartender Mm -hmm. and like maybe the tea like I don't like to turn and talk to somebody. No, not
0: not at all. I need to
1: be facing somebody one-on-one, which reminds me, the last time we went (laughs) to Olive Garden, it was awful. But I think the highlight of it though was there was this couple Mm -hmm. that came in and I didn't I didn't really have like I couldn't really see them but like the way this table was it was like kind of like a half wall and like the booth was there and then like the other side of the table was out more open and like Danielle said it was like kind of facing the lobby
0: and I need to say that the reason he didn't see them was because he snatched that booth section up very quickly like you just slid right in you're protected by that barrier of the wall and left me open on the regular chair side. So I had these people in my peripheral vision like the whole time. Whole time. And they were sitting side by side, which one made me feel really, really weird. And I think there was like baby talk involved with them. I was just kind of playing like a game of telephone with you. Like I was telling you what was going on. And, <laughs> and you am I'm just imagining over here it, Yeah, just behind your protected wall. Yeah, and it was a very a but, yeah, weird them experience. Sitting next,
1: yeah, them sitting next to each other, like in a booth, mind you. Like, an actual full booth. We even thought about maybe moving to it, but it, was, it wasn't it was cleaned up from maybe the last people. Like, just, I don't know. They were just sitting next to each other, arms around each other. Now, I'm sure they're great people. I'm sure they're, you know, I'm sure it's cute. At one point, I think you said that he ordered for her. Yes. Which was a little controversial in modern times, I feel like. We, we had a discussion <laughs> yeah. about, you know, would you ever, you know. Um, so, I, I want to ask you that. like okay. Would you let somebody order for you? Without you having any input in it. Okay. So At Olive Garden.
0: So they're just guessing what I'm going to have. I'm not saying, hey, babe, can you get me this? It's a first
1: date and the man is ordering for you. Situation's
0: changing. Yes. A very first, you know what? I would be kind of grossed out by it, but also intrigued to see what this man thinks this little lady (laughs) would like to eat at Olive Garden. So I would allow it only because I'd be interested to see what he would pick.
1: Now, if he hits the nail on the head, is the date going to... Do you feel like that's a really good, like, mark on the date?
0: It's a bit creepy, too, because I wouldn't know why this man would know exactly what I would like. (laughs) So, again... I I feel
1: like if we went out, though... Like, I know you, obviously. Like, I'm not... We've always said, like, you know, in another universe, me and you would... We would find each other, and it would be a lovely relationship. But I don't necessarily like women.
0: Yeah, okay. As much
1: as I like men. So...
0: It's understandable. It's fine.
1: But if I ordered for you, I feel like I would do really well.
0: Oh, I know you would. I know you would. And I think just the sheer enthusiasm is what would make me just adore the whole process.
1: Yeah. We should do that one time. We should go on a date and maybe order for each other at the restaurant. Appetizer, meal, dessert, the whole thing. Okay.
0: I like that very much. Ooh, now you got me excited. Now you got me smiling. For each other. You pick my meal, I pick yours. Okay, yeah. So what about you? How do you feel about somebody ordering for you?
1: I think if it's a first date, I'm immediately turned off. Like, oh. and I don't think that really happens anymore, but like, I'm serious. Like, if I were to go on a, like, a first date right now, I mean, maybe like appetizers. Like, I think, it, I think it's kind of hot if it's like, yeah, are you, do you like appetizers? All right. So, you know, we'll have this. Like, cause yeah. usually I like most appetizers. I'm a big, you know, appetizer person.
0: We're big appetizer people. We are. And we're holding hands as we're saying this. <laughs> so just
1: want you guys to know. Um, so like, I mean, if, you know, you're, you're picking maybe some, like, depending on where you're at. So Olive Garden for example. Like I like pretty much all the appetizers. Maybe he gets the spinach dip. Maybe he gets, you know, the little lasagna fritter things or like whatever. I feel like I would be down with all of it as long as it's not seafood. Yeah. If he if if this man orders me seafood, I mean, I'm going to eat my meal. I'm not going <laughs> to touch that. Like I'm going to let him, like I'm going to let him pay for my meal maybe. If he's paying, if I'm paying, then I'm not uh, the date's done. I'm going to figure a way out of it, but I don't know, like, I, but if he orders my meal, that's an immediate turnoff. I feel like we're, we've grown as a society. The whole, like, man, woman, and in this case, like, obviously two men, but, like, this whole, like, dominance thing doesn't sit with me, and I, like, I'm an individual, I like to pick my own stuff.
0: I feel the same. Like, again, I would like you to order for me, but I... In again, a fun way. In a fun way, we, exactly. Yeah. But I think like the first date factor, like that's an important piece because there might not even be another date. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't really think people did that either. But this couple did.
1: And I, and, and that's why I ask is cause like, I don't know. It's, it seemed to me based on what I was hearing and what I a little bit could see that like he ordered without any like consultation and she just kind of went along with it. I feel like that, I feel like they were very much like that vibe of like, you know. Well, they
0: had a weird vibe for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So I need to ask you this question. Maybe we can kind of tie up the rest of this um, Olive Garden segment. How do you feel Olive Garden and other establishments are kind of doing after the whole pandemic situation?
1: Yeah. So I think since things have started opening up, we've been twice to Olive Garden specifically. Yes. Um, but I've noticed that places are not as good of service because I think there's a lack of service. Okay. Um, not to fault, you know, because it's it's hard. You know, if you have less people to do the same amount of work, like, you know, you're not always going to get the same service that you might expect. People so I've are stretched then. Yeah, I've noticed that. I will say, however, you know, there have been a couple experiences, specifically the one we were just talking about with our the waitress that didn't do a very good job. I think it was just her. You know, one thing I do think about is, like, I've become such a huge fan of curbside through this pandemic.
0: So what about curbside, like, really draws you in?
1: It's easy. be I can order ahead of time. Like, I can order on the app and just show up, text the number or call or whatever, and then they bring it right out. I don't have to leave my car. It's usually all like fresh and like hot for you because you're spe- you're picking a specific time. So like I wonder, like as things continue to get more back to normal life, do you think like curbside and stuff will go away? Or will restaurants and places still take advantage of that? Or will it die out? Will people not use it?
0: I think they're always going to have their built-in clientele of us, <laughs> the original <laughs> Olive Garden Sweethearts, and that older group of people. Because there's a, probably a good portion of the population- who just goes to that soup, salad, breadsticks, seven ninety nine dollars lunch. Can't relate. You look so disgusted, but that there's even this group of people that exist. But I'm thinking like they're 55 plus, 60 okay, plus. That makes sense. You know, they're always going to have their built in clientele they're, there. They're used
1: to the simpler things.
0: Yes. And then you're going to have the people who, who always utilized the curbside pre, even pre pandemic, the ones sure. who are busy. Like, I don't want to cook for the family. Yeah. Here it goes. On my way
1: home from work exactly. because, you know, we're going back.
0: So you're always always going to have people like that. I think it's maybe the younger generation who they're not sitting at Olive Garden, but I think out of everyone, they are utilizing maybe the curbside more because they'd rather just hang out inside and not be social and kind of, and hey, you know, I don't blame them. I think there's certain clientele who always goes to Olive Garden like us, that 55 plus group, they're always going to be there, but I don't think they're going to get any new clientele. and. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the chains that are around today, in about five to ten years, are going to dwindle.
1: I mean, we've seen it happen. There's so many restaurants that I used to really enjoy that, you know, that you started seeing. Do you remember there was a place um, nearby called Chi-Chi's? Oh, Do you remember? And they still sell, I think, like Chi-Chi's salsa, Salsa, like in the grocery store. Like that brand. Mm -hmm. But I remember, like, thinking about, like, restaurants like Olive Garden. Like, that was, like, a premier Mexican restaurant when I was little. Like, we would go there and, like... That was my idea of Mexican food was always Chi-Chi's. And, a, and another local place called Amigos, which will forever be my favorite. If they cl- ever close, that will be a dark day in Christopher's life. <laughs> and
0: I don't want that day to happen. No. I'm afraid for that day to come. Yeah, uh,
1: you know, it's, but we've seen it with a lot of different things like Blockbusters and like different you know <laughs> types of companies. So, um, but when it comes to food, yeah, like I, I think Olive Garden though is going to be around a while. And a lot like a lot of those bigger change because like when we have been, they've been still pretty busy. So. Hopefully they get more help and I don't think to kind of go back to your original question, like I think people know there's other variables and it's not so much Olive Garden versus like maybe like the service. I think I think there's a lot more ways to order food. So I think a lot of these companies, what I'm trying to say and these restaurants are still going to survive because people have better access than going and waiting in a, like a really long line like we did. There was like, what, like 13 people in front of us? When it was we went about the last a 45 time? minute
0: wait, they told yeah. me, yeah.
1: And we went like on on like a weekday.
0: Yeah. So, you know, hopefully Olive Garden is around for a few more years so we can enjoy a few more of those endless pasta dishes.
1: Well, I know you brought up Ben and Jen. And you're yes. super excited to talk about it, so.
0: Yeah. Let's go back in time because I really want to set the scene. So let's go back to about... Early 2000s. Okay. Because as you know, Jen and Ben recently got together in the past few months. And there's, again, such a media frenzy around it. And I was kind of thinking, like, who cares? Like, what's what's <laughs> the point? And until recently, I kind of forgot, like, how big of a pop culture moment they were.
1: I mean, it was Bennifer. It
0: was Bennifer. Yeah. Like, this is pre, like... Brad and Angelina. Like, I forgot about that. I kind of thought this was all around the same time. But no, a lot of this stuff stemmed, like, in 2000, 2001, which is just so insane to me. So
1: Back then, celebrity couples, like, were just all the rage. Mm -hmm. It's just like, that's when, you know, we talked about in, you know, our other episode, like, the paparazzi. That was a time of heavy paparazzi, tabloids. All that still exists now. But I think it's different now with social media because it is more visible. It's not like... Oh my God, the moment. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm like seeing you it and I'm excited.
0: Instant access to them. Right. right now, if I want to look at J-Lo, I can go on her Instagram and see what she's posted. I can look into gossip about like her upcoming roles and movies. And back then, it was very much, you didn't know until like you read that news article or you seen that cover of In Touch Weekly right. or something like that. So I want to go back into the year 2000. Now, what grade were you in in the year 2000?
1: Oh, is this sad that I always like judge everything off of september 11th
0: <laughs> Nope, no nope, that's, so, <laughs> that's very so, important that's very important
1: so in 2001 i was in the sixth grade so okay. i must have been around fifth sixth. okay you know late fourth grade late early fifth grade
0: so fall of 2000 she's not JLo lo yet she's about to be
1: is she jenny from the block
0: not even jenny from the block Okay, this is jennifer lopez still with puff daddy diddy p-diddy I don't know what he changed his name to again, so no disrespect. Isn't it just Diddy? It might be just Diddy now. Again, I'm not trying to be funny or cool, like, oh, I don't know what it is. I honestly don't know what it is. So please, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone out there. But yeah, she's with Puff Daddy.
1: See, I I didn't know she ever, like, dated him.
0: Yeah, remember that green Versace dress? Yeah. That was the beginning of 2000. Okay. So this is still within that year of this huge, again, pop culture moment. So she releases... The Love Don't Cost a Thing video in November of 2000. Now, again, she is still in a relationship with Sean Combs, P. Diddy, Puff Daddy. And um, there are rumors of her being unfaithful to him because there is a backup dancer in the Love Don't Cost a Thing video by the name of Chris Judd, who would soon become Jennifer's next husband because she previously was married in the mid 90s, like pre-Selena days. Again, I think he was, like, a restaurant owner. A typical guy. Okay. Because she goes from, like, celebrities to, like, just your regular run-of-the-mill everyday man, which I can appreciate.
1: So she – just so I'm kind of got this timeline. So she was married In
0: the before day.
1: she – okay, before she met Diddy. Mm-hmm. Or, and then did they – they were they were married or no?
0: No, they were okay. not. They're so they were just dating. Just dating. Okay. Yes. So there are rumors of kind of mm, – Infidelity or like kinda of, you know, again, you didn't have social media. You couldn't really go on gossip channels or anything to really see. But J Lo and Diddy announced their split, unfortunately, on Valentine's Day two thousand one. Ooh, that's rough it, on Valentine's yes, Day. Because there are rumors of them, you know, kinda having a rough patch before then. So again, pre nine eleven. All of a sudden, she's hanging out with this background dancer that was in one of her videos, the Love Don't Cost a Thing video. And again, rumors are kind of swirling, like, wait a minute, is this the cause for the Diddy breakup? What have you. So she marries this man, Chris Judd, in October 2001. So basically, within about Eight eight, 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 nine months, she leaves one relationship in another one and gets married. How long were
1: her and Diddy together?
0: I think about two years, like okay. ninety-eight, ninety-nine, two thousand, about two and a half years, okay. maybe. So that again was kind of shocking to me. Okay, about eight months. Now, can you guess how long she was married to Chris Judd? Do you do you remember this man at all? Do you, I, I don't. Mean, you don't. I don't no. Okay, can you just take a guess at how long she was married to this man? Then,
1: <clears throat> um, I'm gonna say not very long. I'm gonna say maybe two months.
0: Oof. It was eight months, oh. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, so, yeah, it was very, again, surprising because I feel like Jennifer has a pattern. Okay? Cause they're married. 2002 happens. And in 2002, this is a very important year because this is the year she meets Ben Affleck. Okay. They are filming a movie together called Gigli. And- I've
1: heard nothing but horrible Terrible things.
0: things i've never watched it but i guess it was dubbed one of the worst movies of all time okay so they met on the set and it's kind of like okay um there's even until this day there are always like romance rumors of when celebrities are filming a movie it's always like oh they're cheating on their spouse this and this and this yeah we just heard around. that with
1: like lady gaga and bradley, bradley cooper.
0: cooper no truth to that right so i'm I'm guessing people probably thought the same thing but for whatever reason people loved the gossip about them but some rumors were getting kicked in overdrive now remind you this is while she's still married to chris judd that backup dancer well i guess j-lo was nominated for some award back in early 2002 and she won female star of the year ben affleck put out an article in variety magazine basically just praising her and this is what he wrote and it seems so funny to think somebody putting out, like, an article to kind of flirt. Right. Because now, like, what's the equivalent of that? Like, you go under someone's picture and put, like, fire emojis or something like that, right? right?
1: Or you would just slide in their DMs DMs, now. right?
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> so he says this. You have shown kindness, dedication, diligence, humility, graciousness of spirit, beauty and courage, great empathy, astonishing talent, real poise, and true grace. It has been nothing but an honor and a pleasure to work with you. I only wish I were lucky enough to be in all your movies. The ad was later signed with, with love, respect, and gratitude, Ben Affleck.
1: I had no idea this happened. Okay, so a couple things. He signed it off first and last name. It wasn't just (laughs) with love, Ben. I
0: didn't even realize that. Okay.
1: Um, The other thing is, I did not for even one second believe he actually wrote that. Somebody wrote it for him.
0: Who? Like a publicist? Or maybe, someone? yeah. Matt Somebody, Damon? Maybe. <laughs> <His name is> <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: uh, you know, hey, buddy, I got a, you know, I got a question. Can you help me write this? Like, I don't know. That just seems, that's a lot of, um, are they adjectives? Are they, what Oof, are they? I don't know. I'm the wrong person.
0: <laughs> um... Let's go
1: with that. Yes. Yeah. Math, English. Turn
0: not <laughs> my strongest suits. Okay. We have a lot. And of science. Person, yeah. I'm, I'm good of... at
1: history. Me too. Except for Ben and Jen, obviously. Um, so, yeah, that just—that's a really weird thing to put out there, and it's like long, and it's just, I—if I, I'm on the receiving end of that, like, okay, that's sweet. Like, you think highly of me, but. Why put it out there so publicly? Isn't that something... They worked together, so they know each other. Why isn't that something... Couldn't he, like, just call her? Like, but that tells me, like, there was an attraction there and there was something there. And like you were saying earlier, like, she tends... I mean, maybe she doesn't tend to. Maybe it's not intentional. But, I mean, based on the... Timeline you've been telling me so far, she's got them pretty lined up and she yeah. goes from one to the other. So well, she's
0: famously said she she's in love with love. And I really believe that I think to her that was so romantic. I don't I think she really believes that Ben wrote that. Unlike unlike you, who's well, very skeptical, I think that me really th- melted her heart. But I wonder if that put tension on her, um, in her current marriage. I'm sure it
1: did. If there's another guy out there, in a you know, putting out basically a like it, a love, letter,
0: yeah, in a public forum,
1: yeah, like, and just pra- like praising you in that way. And it's not just oh, you're a great actress. It was a pleasure working with you. I would love to be in all your movies. Some of that same verbiage. But no, he is really like, he's really laying it on.
0: Oh, I was kind of reading it in like a very soft and sensual tone, too. So maybe yeah. his delivery would not have been like that. But I I did not remember this at all. So when I was kind of doing my Ben and Jen homework, I was like, wow, that was shocking to me. So again, she's still married to Chris Judd. And then let's fast forward to the summer. Was he a bald guy? Yes. Okay.
1: I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. I'm remembering. We'll
0: watch the video after this. Okay. It'll all come back to you. So this is, again, all within a year when she was married to that backup dancer. I'm sorry, I keep on referring him to a backup dancer. He's a human being, Chris Judd. So Jennifer's birthday, her 33rd birthday, which is so weird to me because I'm about to be 33. And she always seems so much older. But to know yeah. she was my age now, like, kind of puts like a new perspective and understanding on it. So they were spotted acting very much like a couple at her 33rd birthday in July. Within a week after those pictures went public, she announced she was filing for divorce from Chris Judd and then later revealed that they had been separated for about a month now. Okay. So she's pretty much with Ben at this point.
1: Yeah, I was going to say like, you know, even the timing of those pictures and the filing for divorce, there had to have been, you know, some some strains on that relationship and that marriage for, for a little while. I, I would be willing to bet... You know, cause you don't just separate and you're, I mean, I guess in some cases you're out like, oh, you know, we're going to separate today, but it sounds like that was going on for a few oh, wow. months. So that, yeah. So I, I think that what he wrote. Definitely had an impact on that. And he was, you know, obviously showing her all this attention and like publicly, she was probably really attracted to that.
0: Yes. Because during this time, like I've never really thought Ben Affleck to be attractive. But going back and watching these videos, I'm like, oh, my God, he had like a nice tan. He's he's a good looking
1: guy, but his personality has always been a little off to me. In what way? in in a very like the what I have seen of him like not like in movies, I think he's a great actor. He's very talented. He's my favorite Batman. I'm a huge Batman fan if you didn't know. but I, I feel like you know what I have seen of him, like award shows and interviews and all these different things, he seems a little cocky. and Danielle, you know I'm super into true crime. <laughs> yeah. yes,
0: okay, okay.
1: Every single time I see him, his personality and just literally his physical appearance, Reminds me so much of Scott Peterson.
0: Oh my god! You know, that whole you know, I see it allegedly now.
1: possibly killed his wife Lacey. I thought it was proven. He he. I, well, there's well, there's some questions. Okay. I I'm not even you know I've seen some documentaries. I'm not even sure he like I was always I think he did it. I don't think so. <gasps> okay. Um, but we can talk about that another time. I think I'm you sure need we need to. Will. Yeah, but he could play him in a movie, and I think nail it. I think he needs. So to. So I have this like negative thing. Oh, okay. Because you
0: know? in your mind, he is he represents Peterson. Yeah,
1: like represents a cocky, you know, just not good guy.
0: Okay. And again, I didn't really think of that when I was younger. I was just very much like up in the Benifer romance whirlwind. And some of you listening at home might say like, why do you know so much about J-Lo? Well, growing up, like Selena was a very important figure in our household. So when j was starring in that movie like that was my first glimpse of oh my god that is pretty much selena to me i've never seen that's that. gonna be- oh it's fine it's okay it's okay <laughs> it's it's not for everyone it seems kind of dated now okay so no judgment, no I, judgment. I, I i should
1: watch it i've heard it's really good i've heard she did
0: really good we can maybe watch it one day in okay. the future a little date night I'll bring some snacks yeah But like um, a reason why I know so much about Jennifer Lopez was because my mom really, really enjoyed her. Like one of my first moments of Jennifer Lopez being a singer, I mean, quote unquote, entertainer, was when she released um, If You Had My Love, that music video. And I remember my mom called from her workplace and said, I need you to record it. I think it was going to premiere on TRL or after TRL. And she said, I need you to record it. And that was my only job was to wait by the VCR. And press record. I was just going to
1: say, it wasn't a record, like an on-demand like demand No, thing. It, it was like... Was a, you're putting the, the VHS, VHS tape exactly. in there and recording on the
0: tape. 100%. So it was like a big moment. So I've always kind of been involved in the affairs of JLo, like no pun intended, um, because my mom was really into Jennifer Lopez. I mean, even if like back four or five years ago, we went to Vegas for a mother-daughter trip to go see Jennifer Lopez and Celine Dion, but you know, Jennifer Lopez So my mom always had this weird sixth sense about them, about Ben and Jen and if they're going to last. But we'll get into that when we talk about, I think, is a very telling interview. But to circle back with Chris Judd and that divorce, how much money do you think he wanted the divorce settlement for about eight months of marriage?
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm shocked they didn't go into it with a prenup being her being such a huge celebrity but this is
0: right before like jenny from the block though so maybe she i mean i was surprised too but maybe she She wasn't raking it in as much yeah
1: she was just kind of arriving to the scene all right um i'm gonna say i'm actually gonna go a little bit lower i'm gonna lowball i'm gonna say like maybe like 2.5 to 3
0: million okay close but i've read numbers that range anywhere from 6 to $14 million. Oh, my goodness. So on the very low end, $6 million for being married to Jennifer Lopez for about yeah. eight months. Can you
1: imagine being a dancer in somebody's video who's obviously famous and celebrity, you know, but maybe not like, you know, at her prime, but still like your life becoming, I'm sure, obviously with the tabloids and everything, like he almost became a celebrity. And then to get that much money from it, all in an eight month's like, all in a day's work. <laughs> like, you're,
0: you're breaking my heart because I feel like you just described a more tame Kevin Federline. So, yes, oh, I, can, I, can, I can imagine that situation. That's a, that's a, a
1: rough spot for me.
0: Yeah, we're going to have a few Britney episodes in the future. I just want you guys to know. We might even reference her every episode because that's just us in our I normal think that, conversation. I, I think that's natural. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, ouch. I don't think he gave me as bad vibes. I, I still feel bad for this man. I think he loved Jennifer. So, moving on. From that heartbreaking divorce. Could you? I feel like she wanted out. I feel like she loved Ben so much. She was like, you know what? I'll pay you whatever. I feel like she didn't out know Ben
1: so much. So, but you're right. I mean, you said it earlier and it sounds like she said it. I don't know. I never heard it, but being in love with love.
0: Yeah. It really,
1: I think. Like, what's the next thing? Like, she's like a squirrel.
0: I think like she gets her energy from that. Her, her drive to perform. I have okay. a theory about her Super Bowl performance. Okay. Okay. With her being with A-Rod, she really felt like she needed to, like, step her game up. That's, again, another conversation. So this is all happening in the summer 2002. Now let's go to November 2002. Her iconic Jenny from the Block music video premieres in early November 2002. Do you remember this video at all?
1: Vaguely. I wasn't... I, I didn't want to say this earlier, but I'm not a huge... Like, I appreciate J-Lo. Like, I've always kind of... She's always just kind of been there, but I never really followed her. So I Is that the one with the lights?
0: Oh, that's Waiting for Tonight. Okay.
1: That's the only one I think I've ever yes, even seen. Yes, that's another. So Jenny from the Block. I know the song. I couldn't tell you anything about the video. That's
0: fine. Well, I'll describe it to you and I'll make you watch it when we're done <laughs> with okay. this recording. So it's basically like you're the eye the paparazzi. It's Ben and Jen everywhere. They're on a yacht. He's rubbing on her butt. He's kissing her butt. Oh, yeah. Her I nipples did, I did, are I so ones. hard through it. Yeah. Her nipples are hard the whole video. She's dancing on the street. She's dancing in a hotel room with him. It's very, like, you're like voyeuristic, which I thought was so weird. I feel like she was feeding the beast. Because, again, at this time, the paparazzi were everywhere around them. This is, like, pre-Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes, too, you know? Oh. So this is, like, at the height of when things are going to get really messy. This was kind of, like,
1: the first, like, big modern... Time, like public relationship. I
0: feel like it, yeah. So by the end of November 2002, they officially announced their engagement, and she's showing off a huge six carat pink diamond ring worth about two and a half million dollars. Wow. So almost half of what she allegedly paid (laughs) her ex husband, which you know, Ben bought her that ring, where I think in her previous relationship, she probably bought her own engagement ring. Danielle, do you
1: think, I know he's been around for a while and he's been a successful actor, but like, do you feel like that cost him a lot of his wealth at that time?
0: Um, do you think like he was trying to keep up appearances and live a lifestyle that he really wasn't accustomed to, to kind of show off with her? So I think
1: that's part of it. But when you say over $2 million for a ring, I mean, obviously as, you know, as a, a successful actor at that time i'm sure he had some money but i can't imagine he was like
0: you know i think he was pulling out all the stops okay i don't i think <laughs> wow i that's my opinion <laughs> i he was doing whatever he needed to do to make sure it played into the fantasy of what he felt jennifer wanted for them that's just my opinion on it so again this is all end of 2002 Let's fast forward to summer two thousand three. Now, during this time, they're going to red carpets together. Media frenzy. Things seem to be going well until Dateline kind of airs this pre-wedding special about them. And I sent you this quick six, seven minute clip.
1: It was like the end of the Dateline yeah, special, yeah,
0: where it was like kind of like their home life, their bantering, but it was very
1: awkward. It was it was extremely awkward.
0: Well, please tell me like your thoughts on it.
1: So I watched when I watched it I immediately had that like recollection of like just him and that cockiness I described earlier and she seemed slightly uncomfortable you know talking about the wedding like they I got the impression I guess the biggest takeaway is they didn't really seem ready for marriage. They didn't seem like they seemed.
0: Oh, you think? Yeah, like well, <laughs> they like, into so each into other, it, yeah, and,
1: and all that. And I'm sure they liked each other, and you could you could tell that at least. But yeah, they just seemed very like not ready and not together, and like not not together is like not like a relationship, but like they didn't really have like their like what they wanted out of a life together and like i feel like if you're going to marry somebody and i guess this is just i guess everybody's different and i'm not like religious or anything like that but like to me like marriage is like if i'm going to like propose to somebody and if i'm going to give somebody a 2 million dollar ring regardless of how much money i'm bringing in maybe i'm cheap i don't know but like that's a pretty big deal it is and it's a to not really have yeah just they didn't seem committed It seemed like, oh, we like each other. I love love. We're having fun. We're going to get married because that's the thing you do when you're in love. And to me, I'm going to marry somebody that I'm going to be with for a long time, if not forever.
0: I agree with that. And like, I didn't, again, realize it at the time, but my mom did. We watched that interview. We stayed up late. And I believe we talked about it until midnight. And she said, they're not going to last. I can just tell by their responses. Like, they're very different. They're not on the same page. She seems to be kind of more serious. And he wants to be a little more... Joking, and having fun. It just seemed like she was trying to mold him into what she wanted her ideal movie star husband to be. Could you kind of get that? Like, yeah, I, I agree think with that. You even mentioned something about... You can kind of tell like he really wasn't ready to be in that relationship and seemed like he kind of wanted to still, you know, I don't know, like joke around. His answers seemed kind of condescending. Maybe he really wasn't ready for that level of paparazzi attention.
1: And that's kind of what I picked up on too. Like he, I feel like he had already kind of been cocky, but like the vibe I get from him at that time is he was obviously a successful actor and he was famous in his own right. But being with somebody like Jennifer Lopez propelled him onto a completely different level i think he really enjoyed that stardom and that like just being kind of like that center of attention and it allowed him to do a lot more and like you know go out when like people were recognizing him he was with a beautiful woman obviously talking about marrying her but i feel like part of his mind too was distracted with all these other things going on just that celebrity factor and i think that like, getting off on the wrong foot like that is disastrous
0: I think they're both realizing they rushed into something that they were not ready for, and it's funny that you kind of mentioned about him having like a playboy type of vibe around him. Because this summer was a summer when there are rumors, allegations of him going to strip clubs all the time, his gambling situation, he was going in and out of casinos. It was just a mess. And J J Lo, I guess that was her name, is her name? She did not really want that. She kind of felt like you're going to be my husband. What are you doing? You had your time for that. You're with me now, so I think it was a, as a conflict, so much so that their October wedding for later in the fall, 2003, was postponed. I he now he postponed it. They put it as like a joint decision. I very much think it was him. And my reason for thinking that is she wanted to go on with it. I believe she was so in love with him, she wanted to go through with it, and I think the unwanted attention, the paparazzi hounding them, he was fed up with it. I think at one point, Jennifer said something about they would have had to have three decoy brides at three different locations to pull off their day because there was so much hounding around them. Yeah. And at one point, she said they kind of took a step back and said, what are we doing? Like, this is supposed to be a sacred day an intimate day for us and our close friends and family. And here we are thinking that it's perfectly normal to have three decoy brides at three decoy venues to kind of have this thing. Now in my heart, I think Jennifer was more than happy to do that. And I think it was Ben who said, I listen, I'm not ready for this. That's not normal. And I don't want to, I don't want to do it.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of the opposite of what I was saying. Like oh. he loved like, well, just what you were saying, like, he wasn't feeling the attention
0: no, and all
1: of that like pressure. Whereas I was kind of looking at it and you were a lot closer to it. I wasn't really paying attention. I'm just my like recollections, right?
0: Oh, I lived it You were it living sure. it in the moment.
1: <laughs> yes. So I'm sure uh, we I have like different perspective. perceptions. I like yeah. your
0: perspective on but, it though.
1: But I feel like just seeing how he kind of changed in his personality. And I feel like he really loved – being a mega star. And he was all about it. Now, as far as like having decoys and like your day, whether or not he really was like committed to marrying this woman or if it was just like a in the moment, like not so much in the moment, but like, that's just kind of what we're going to do because we're Ben and Jen and da da da. And then maybe this is what she wants, right? Maybe that did catch up to him where it did start to get uncomfortable. So maybe it's a combination of that. But I'm actually really surprised to hear that he, he postponed. I didn't know that he postponed yeah. it because I felt like... He was all about that stardom and it, 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 really being with her really launched, I think, his prime of his career. Mm-hmm. And I think he was very welcoming of that. So I'm not sure how to look at it.
0: I appreciate your perspective on it. I mean, that's why we have these conversations. That's why this is a table talk. This isn't just a, my TED Talk on Jennifer Lopez. But I appreciate how engaged you are in it and how you're kind of countering my points. I have a little bit of a quiz for you, though. Okay. Okay. You know I love my Jennifer dates so in january of 2004 they officially announced their separation that they were no longer going to be an item anymore Benifer was dead how long do you think it took JLo to go on and marry mark anthony
1: i would say ooh, i'm gonna lowball it again just because i keep getting these surprises i'm gonna say two weeks
0: you mean from like leaving ben to getting married the an- yeah the an-
1: oh to getting married, married yes okay Wow. <laughs> oh, till maybe I thought you meant like their public relationship. Oh, no, I meant from um,
0: like we announced we're splitting Ben and Jenner no longer till I'm Mrs. Mark Anthony, like that time frame. Like how long do you think it took? Six months. Exactly six months. Ooh. A little under maybe. But in June 2004, she wed Mark Anthony. So this was
1: completely, completely out of nowhere? Like, they they weren't, like, seen together? Because, well, like, they, I guess that's the gap. Like, when did yeah. their relationship start?
0: Well, they both kind of had a history. I don't really know a lot about our timeline with Mark Anthony. <laughs> Shocking, I know. But they're both Puerto Rican. So I think they had that cultural sense of being close. We have something in common. They did work on some projects, like, in the late 90s. And I think Mark was always in love with Jennifer. He was always in love with her. Now, he has his issues with fidelity and things like that. Again, I'm not going to go into that, but she just was never really feeling him like that. But Jennifer went on to say in her 2014 book, I guess she wrote a book about her relationship with, with Mark. And this is what she says about the whole period about her and Ben breaking up and Mark. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. She says, Ben and I split up at the moment when I thought we were committing to each other forever. It was my first real heartbreak. It felt like my heart had been torn out of my chest. I sought out comfort in another person try to find someone who could make me feel loved and wanted in my loneliest hour. Mark came back into my life three days after I should have been at the altar saying I do to another man. She then later added that the romance may have been her attempt at a quick fix for her heartbreak. She then goes on to say, thinking back, maybe deep down I knew that this was a band-aid on the cut, that my wound hadn't been stitched or healed, but I pushed all of that to the back of my mind Because life takes unpredictable twists and turns, right? And you've just got to go with what you feel is best in the moment. Do you, though? I think she lives by that motto, because based on this timeline, she very much goes with whatever she feels like is right in that moment. Yeah,
1: so uh, her and Ben are like wordsmiths, apparently. Because that was, I mean, well said, well written, She probably had a ghostwriter. Well, but... (laughs) I do think that makes a lot of sense as far as what she was saying about like, you know, having, you know, maybe being attracted to somebody is like a band aid and that happens, right? Like when you're at a low point and you meet somebody or you have somebody showing you some attention, you're going to naturally, you're human, right? So I don't blame her for that. But I guess my question is, is you're acknowledging that you knew something wasn't right about it, but you have this mentality to just go with the flow, but that's why you're in these situations. Exactly,
0: <laughs> and she's not, and she—I don't think she's she's learning from that because that's been her pattern. So we're going to end it pretty soon. I just want to tie this up because I kind of feel like Ben threw some salt in a wound because Ben and Jennifer Gardner come out as a couple in the fall of 2004. So JLo and Mark Anthony they wed June 2004. Let's fast forward four months, and now we have a new couple. Another Jennifer. One year
1: after he was supposed to marry her, right? Pretty much,
0: yeah. So he comes out Jennifer Gardner, and then later on, Ben kind of gives some quotes in an interview, which I did not appreciate. He pretty much said that he fell in love with Jennifer Gardner back in 2002 while they were on the set of Daredevil, but they were both in relationships with other people, so couldn't do anything about it. So he's basically saying, Yeah, I was with Jennifer Lopez at this time, I was filming this movie with jennifer gardner i fell in love with jennifer gardner and um that was that do you believe that do you think that could have been the reason why he canceled the wedding i mean
1: i mean all signs point to it i mean he's acknowledging that and and i think it goes back to a little bit of what i was saying i think he had this like newfound stardom and kind of just did what he wanted and but i don't understand why he like would then go and do like dateline interviews and like even I think maybe you're right that the pressure of fame and, you know, just the paparazzi and just the attention that was on their relationship leading up to their wedding day, you know, kind of turned him off. And maybe, and again, as I just mentioned a moment ago, when you're in a bad place, a human instinct is to look at the light. And if he's saying he had already fallen in love with another woman, maybe he did love JLo. Maybe he... Started that commitment and was committed to it. But as soon as things felt even a little bit uncomfortable, you know, maybe he's looking over here at... He he likes his Jennifers. (laughs)
0: Apparently. So,
1: (laughs) you know, and so maybe he just started gravitating toward that. And at that point, like once you're in that mindset and you're you're in a situation that you feel like you want to get out of and you have somebody to focus your attention on it makes
0: it a little bit easier it
1: it makes it a little bit easier and it it also just i mean i think that impacts the relationship and there's not a lot of coming back from that in a a lot of cases unfortunately
0: well it's funny you say that because ben and jen lopez kind of came back together again and that i
1: actually do have a theory about this
0: (gasps) I, i have a theory too okay so just we'll get up to speed so basically they're both in relationships they both ended their relationships to other people in the first few months of ch- this year, 2021. And then paparazzi caught them again in late April, early May, being comfy cozy, and Ben and Jen lives again. Now, what's your theory on it?
1: So I think the difference with this is they're not super public about it. I think both of them have grown. I think JLo, from what you've told me, I can definitely see that when she was younger. But now that she's had a few marriages, she's had kids. You know, she's getting older. I think she's, what, 50? She looks great for her Mm, age. Yeah, so good. She has an established career, you know. Um, I think you have a different mindset as, as you have all those things going on, and especially as you get older. And I think that, obviously, they were attracted to each other, and they had some form of bond back then to even be talking about this. So... Maybe they've just both been in a position of growth. And now that they have the opportunity to maybe approach it in a different way, in a not so public way, you know, and I I just wish them the best. If this is something that they're going to attempt again, I hope that that growth is there. I hope that if they do it, they're committed to it and they learn from those past mistakes. But Yeah, I mean, sometimes you can't always, you know, you can't always choose when, you know, the circumstances around something. And if it's if it's back, then I stand it. I'm all for Bennifer again.
0: Okay, I kind of feel the same way. But again, this just because I always think of wacky situations. I believe this is going to go one or two ways, either Ben Affleck. And J Lo are true soulmates. Like they were meant to be in this lifetime. And they had to spend some time apart just to come back and realize, hey, why did we have to look anywhere else?
1: That was my person. Yes. Right. This is
0: we both had kids. These children were meant to have come up in the world some way. You know, we're past I was gonna say past our prime, but I think they could have kids if they still wanted to. I think J Lo allegedly probably has some eggs frozen. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> going up on a weird tangent. Okay. Or, or she's playing the long con. Like she is doing all this stuff so she can be the one in control and she can end things with Ben down the road. So she's the one to say, I'm going to put a stop to this.
1: So I feel like if she was doing that, yeah, you know, and kind of just playing this game and you know kind of wants that control and to, to be able to say I choose when to end it mm-hmm. wouldn't she make it more public though because they've only been you know there's this the is talk. just
0: a small theory in my mind I didn't really think it out that well so thank you for calling me out on that but we'll see um <laughs> you're really holding me accountable this is purely just a fan fiction in my head I don't even know if that's real but I just it could of... be
1: though because people are like that I know they
0: are I, kn- I know some people that
1: are like <laughs> manipulative like that and
0: I know we both got and got grossed out. um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's an interesting story. It is weird that they're back together, and maybe if the pandemic didn't happen, we wouldn't have Jen and Ben again. I know that's a weird a weird <laughs> connection. I think
1: during the pandemic, we all were forced to kind of look at. life and yeah yeah, face our face our demons and what we want going
0: forward well it's i think it's clear that we both want more olive garden going forward so that 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 i mean that's a given for sure that's a given so yeah so thank you for coming to my JLo ted talk you've been a great guest and i had another fun recording session with you this has been so much fun and thank you again for doing this
1: yes absolutely i'm having a lot of fun recording these episodes and we have a lot of great stuff lined up yeah um, that i'm excited to talk
0: about so i guess that kind of closes it then another another episode down yeah our olive garden one of our favorites and if any of you want to join in on our table talk conversation this week of ben and jen do you think they're going to last do you think she's playing the long con just like how i kind of think what are your thoughts
1: Or even if you have any thoughts about Olive Garden, what are your favorite go-to menu items? Do you like the specials, like the pasta passes and never-ending pastas, the big pasta? Like, what do you go to Olive Garden for?
0: Or are you totally, totally, totally anti-Olive Garden? Are you one of those people who say, that's not real Italian? Please, let us know. Let us have it. Absolutely. And if someone wanted to leave a comment like this, where would they go?
1: Well, you can join the conversation on social media, as always. We're on Twitter at Friends Who Feast, and on Instagram and Facebook at Friends Who Feast Pod.
0: Yeah, please rate and subscribe. It'd be greatly appreciated.
1: And until next time. I'm Danielle. And I'm Christopher. And and we're we're the the Friends Friends Who Who Feast.
0: Feast. Bye. Bye!